This is the Intentional Disruption Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Demo. Today, I want to take you behind the scenes and talk a little bit about what's going on inside of not just my business, but my community of businesses and a little bit of the next steps that are coming over the next few months. The reason that I want to share this with you is not only because I think it could be massively relevant to you, but there are opportunities for you to do many of the same things that I've been helping businesses do over the last year or so that can expand your business growth, your quality of life, and it sounds cheesy, but your happiness inside of business. See, over the last few months, I've been helping many businesses that are looking to either acquire funding for an expansion or even for some entrepreneurs that want to grow through acquisition. It's something I've been familiar with for quite some time, but it seems in this particular season, it's been more and more a part of what I have going on. And this morning, I started to put together a pro forma for my business, the Delta Enhancement Group, because people have had questions and I've honestly just been remiss to put together a relatively concise explanation for the why behind what I do. So I want to share some of that with you today, and I'll probably have a couple additional episodes on this just to be respectful of your time and to uh, break it up into some more bite-sized bits. But for this episode, I wanted to talk a little about the problems that I've seen not only in the last decade in the financial space, but also the small business space. Some of the things that I've seen as I've looked at acquiring businesses myself, the trends and themes for businesses that have been around for usually a few decades, and the reasons that while they didn't fail, Upon that owner's exit, the doors of their business will shut down. With that said, the problem. See, in small businesses, we're facing a drain. On the financial side, we talk, we've talked about the baby boomers retiring. 10000 a day hits 65. There's been cheesy marketing campaigns uh, in my life. That's meant that because my dad's name is also Mike, I get all of the retirement pieces that financial advisors stuck in the 80s are still using. Hey, come to a dinner and learn about Social Security. Super great. Um, You should learn about it, by the way, if you're in that range. Social Security is not there to help you learn the most optimized way to do things. Just for clarity. Um, Again, not providing financial advice. I'm just talking basic math at this point. But that also applies to 
the small business community. See, the baby business boomer generation owns trillions of dollars in cash, IRA assets, but also small business assets. And as these owners are retiring, their business can only do one of three things. It can sell, it can be handed down to the next generation, or it can close its doors for good. And when I say sell, I'm including two components. Either sell to somebody else that will own and operate that business, or similar to what happened with my stepdad's construction business when he died, it's going to sell as an asset sale. Unfortunately for most small business owners, closing the doors for good is the most common option. See, if you go on sites like BizBuySell, 90% of those businesses don't sell. And if you think about it in a macro lens, when I opened up my first business in the early 2000s, 80% of small businesses failed within five years. I'm sure the number hasn't got much better. So of the 20% that survived, 90% of those will not sell. They will close their doors down. So of the 20%, another 90% won't make it to the next generation of ownership. If you extrapolate that out, that's not a very good success rate for businesses staying open for multiple generations. The reason for this happens primarily because the owner never established the key systems inside of their business that makes consistent success tenable. In my stepdad's construction business, he was still doing the books, he was still doing the estimations, he was still picking up the checks, he was still the site lead up until the day he died. And inside of many small businesses, whether it's a CPA firm or a doctor's office or a construction company, a mechanics automotive shop, these things hold true all the way through because those people that owned their small business did so because they were elite at their trade. But unfortunately, being elite at a trade does not make you elite at business, which is why when the owner leaves, those businesses fail. This is also exasperated by the drastic shift to accrete assets in the Fortune 500. See, we're not only losing diversity in our marketplace, but we're also losing our local community connections. Part of this is, in my personal opinion, purposeful on the part of the corporatists that run Washington, D.C. Not a political podcast, but having been in the financial space working for a company with a trillion dollar market cap, I've seen the way cronyism works, how K Street is connected, and how legislation is truly designed to favor large companies that can absorb administrative bloat. You see, it's 
hilariously ironic to me when you see at Davos billionaires saying, tax the rich. And you think that there's some egalitarian reason behind that, and you'd be wrong. What they're trying to do is solidify their power by mitigating the upward mobility of you. So while you cheer the tax the rich motto, realize what they're saying is they want you to be their servant. Unfortunately, that's never really worked for me, which is why I do what I do. Combine the issues that you have with the modern small businesses, the retiring of the business owner, and what's honestly a lack in understanding for the path to generational wealth. You see, what we're taught in school is how to be a factory worker. And it doesn't matter if you go to college, it's still teaching you to be a factory worker. An example would be the medical profession. You spend eight years in school. You learn how to fix broken legs. You learn how to perform surgery. All of this is great, but you're going to go work for your local medical conglomerate. You're not going to go open up your own practice because you were never taught how to do these things. And that becomes more problematic as you decide that you don't want to work inside of these more and more mega corporations that own the hospitals and all the medical practices. And when you go out, you are an expert in your field, but you don't understand how a business can efficiently run. That applies across all disciplines. And what is more troubling is We have these incubators, not many people go through them, but they're entrepreneurship incubators. I did it at UConn myself, and they're teaching the old ways of doing things, and it's something that you should expect. You know, the education system usually isn't run by people that were successful in their field. They're successful educators. Uh, The joke about being an archaeologist, what does an archaeology major do? Teach other people to become archaeology majors. That's pretty much it. In the business field, a lot of that is true too. You'll have some people that were extremely successful startup, but again, 80% of small businesses fail. What they don't talk about is entrepreneurship through acquisition. And inside of the Delta Enhancement Group, that is a major focus for me because I've done the startup model before. I've been very successful for a few years and then because of my personal failings, my business did not succeed. The benefit to that absolute dumpster fire of a failure is I now know what it looks like to be on the other side. I've had my doors locked. I've lost all of the items inside of my business office. I've had to move back in with my mom. I've had name a thing that would be horribly embarrassing and you'd never want to share it on social media. Guess what? I've had it happen. And that crucible of learning was invaluable to me. And it gave me the 
mindset, the frame and the understanding for what truly matters inside of business. And with the learning that I've done on spiral dynamics and the different mental frames, I understand the confluence of events that came from my upbringing, my dealing with improperly being diagnosed regarding post-traumatic stress. Listen to older episodes if you're not sure what I'm talking about here. And the scarcity mindset that I had as these different compounding effects pushed me back down the ladder of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That scarcity mindset is truly what impacted my ability to operate effectively. But at the time, I was in my 20s, and I didn't have the mindset or understanding that that frame even existed. So that's why the shift inside of the Delta Enhancement Group has been as significant as it has been. The preponderance of my clients are small business owners that have been in existence for a few years, and I'm helping them understand these processes. Now, as you listen to this, if you listen to it the week that it launches, I will be attending the University of Connecticut's Entrepreneurial Bootcamp for Veterans as one of the judges for the pitch competition for this year's batch of contestants. I'm also in process of creating a new curriculum that these programs can use for entrepreneurship through acquisition. Because one of the things that this helps is the mental models of a new business owner. Because frankly, if you do a little bit of math, say you're going to go into a construction business, on the low end, there's probably 100000 to a $1 million worth of equipment you need, depending on what your specialty is. Which means you need to find a way to leverage debt to buy all those things and you have no clients in the process. Conversely, using my model, there are businesses that are successful, even though they're not properly run, throughout America. Uh, where I live in Connecticut, I could show you 30 construction companies within my calling zone to do work on my house, as examples. The other side of that coin is if somebody wants to move into a construction field because they've got an innovative way to do, I don't know, green building or whatever it is, they can bolt on that capability to an existing business that while it might not be running optimally, it's running profitably. And with intention and work, they can make that a massively profitable company and use that as leverage to add on their unique ideas, their zone of genius. And that's the basic frame for what I'm helping people do is instead of leveraging everything they have to slingshot into 80% failure on average, we're going to, through acquisition, purchase businesses that 
have already been proven and then optimize their models, which in of in and of itself will elevate the return profile. I mean, I've got one client where it's north of 40% inside of the first few months, and we haven't fully implemented the shifts that we need to make. That's going to drastically shift the trajectory of success for those entrepreneurs. It also fixes a problem inside of our local community where these small businesses, when they close down, the larger corporate businesses come in. You know, the joke is if you lose your local coffee shop, you're going to pick up a Dunkin' Donuts and a Starbucks. If you lose your local pharmacist, you're going to pick up a, uh, at least up here, a CVS and a Walgreens, and they're probably going to be facing each other. So it kills two birds with one stone. We help the entrepreneur's trajectory into success while also maintaining the local flavor of the small business inside of our community. I don't know about you, but I don't know the last time I saw Amazon sponsor your kid's t-ball league. I don't know the last time that I've seen McDonald's support your local basketball league. But the local small business, Bob's Builders, or whatever it is, they seem to be the one that's most attached to the community because they live inside of the community. And if we're truly going to have the next American Renaissance, it's going to be driven by the local communities, not by Wall Street, not by Washington, D.C. And that's the focus, and that's the reason that I've assembled an absolute monster of a team to help with all of the back-end systems that the modern business needs. Veterans who are experts in their field that can rapidly accelerate every component of the modern small business. It's a very exciting time on my side of the equation. There are opportunities in my portfolio right now that are going to generate hundreds of millions of dollars in enterprise value over the next two years. And it's going to be a massive shift for those local communities, which is extremely exciting to me because I've been on the other side of that equation. I've seen what happens inside of my family as the first generation retires and those businesses are lost. There could not be a better time to start to bring American business back inside of our small communities and that's what I'm dedicating my time and talent towards and the good news for you as you're listening to this podcast is you're going to get a front row seat because I'm sharing all of the top tier tips, tricks, strategies, hacks if you want to call them that to have that massive acceleration inside of your business while also maintaining an elite family life, allowing you to be the best parent in your neighborhood. And that seems a bit bold. I don't care. I truly believe that. But as I tell many people on the call, this is the sum of an unbalanced equation that we are now going to fix. We're going to intentionally look at what's going on inside of these modern small businesses disrupt the things that do not serve us to 
accelerate towards a path and a future that is very bright indeed. I'm your host, Mike Demo. I appreciate you taking a listen to this. If you found value in what I've shared, do me a favor, leave a review if it's on iTunes, on Amazon, on Spotify, and the other places that I'm available. Just leave a review. Five stars would be dope, but anything helps. Uh, Currently, this podcast is top 2,500 in the world, and I want to get it out to more people. I'm not monetizing the podcast. This is all my money put into spreading the word for you. I appreciate your assistance in this task, as I feel that it's a truly noble effort. If you need to reach out to me, my website, growwithdelta.com, is live. You can also reach out to me on the socials, um, Mike Demo on LinkedIn, on Facebook. That's where you'll find me most of the time, and I'm happy to be here to serve you.